Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are joined today by intuitive channeler, energy reader, writer, Michael Drummonds. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. Um, Just to give everyone a little preface, I saw you on TikTok. I don't know when it was. It was like a couple weeks ago. I started seeing all of this content you were putting out, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, he would be so perfect for the podcast. So I reached out to you, and um, I was so happy that you you agreed to come on. So welcome. And, you know, since this is your first time on the show, we love to hear people's stories and just get a feel for how they got to be doing what they're doing now. So we'd love if you could share a little bit about your background for the audience. Cool. Yeah. Um, like my spiritual background or like personal background? Or yeah. Anything <laughs> that feels relevant to kind of what led you to what you're doing now, whatever feels relevant to that. Okay, cool. We got to go way back for that one then. Okay. Um, actually, I my like big spiritual like moment started and this sounds crazy, but when I was two years old, I had a really traumatic experience where I got locked in a bathroom. And while I was in this bathroom, I saw these beings take care of me. Like, I was freaking out. I had, like, a total, like, and every detail has been, like, burned in my mind from it. Like, the details of the place, and they've all been, like, verified. And I, I basically fell apart in this bathroom thinking it was, like, the end. And these, like, light, energetic beings sort of appeared in the bathroom with me. And they just, like, embraced me and took care of me. And started rocking me back and forth and just telling me that I was safe and loved and taken care of. And they stayed in there until they were able to get the door open to the bathroom. And I was, I was like rescued. But um, that experience changed my life. And I think most people, they, they grow out or unlearn, you know, that connection that they have with the energetic world. And because I had that traumatic experience at such a young age, it really burned into my cells this sort of litmus test of what does that feel like? What does that connection feel like? You know, what, what is it? And it's kind of always been this, like, you know, like when you hold up a hundred dollar bill to the light to see if it has the watermark in it, it's kind of been my watermark. So every like spiritual or religious or any kind of belief system that I've always sort of done searching for throughout my life, I've always had to match it up to that. Like, what did that feel like that loving presence? And I just knew it as presence. There were about three beings in the rooms with me. I know one of them was absolutely feminine. Um, but I just collectively began calling them presence. And that sort of just became the only real thing to me after that moment. It was just sort of, if it didn't fit, if 
what I was experiencing or what people were saying or what I was learning didn't feel the way that felt, then I just let it go. I, I wanted everything to be on that level. So that kind of kickstarted that search at a young age. And I grew up in a very spiritual um, household. So I was fortunate to be raised by a mother who encouraged it and supported it. And, you know, if I was riding in the car at like five, six years old, and I'd be like, hey, there's like beans in the car with me. Like I'm talking to them like, great, what are they saying? You know, like she never made me sound crazy. So full credit to her that um, she brought and kind of guided me through that. But yeah, so that's kind of what kickstarted it all for me at a young age. And then ever since then, I've just sort of been using that litmus test as the GPS. So Wow. Wow. That's so that's amazing to hear about like how early it started for you and how it's always been a part of your life. And I love what you're Wow, I just realized how rainbow my face is right now. But I, I love how you're sharing about how like you all that was like your compass of truth. Like that you you knew how real that felt. And I mean, do you think that was intentional, like for you to have that experience so that you could understand that in this lifetime? Because that was a very early age, right? You said it was two? Two, yeah, crazy. And yeah. you're not supposed to remember things at two years old, but yeah. if they're trauma, then then you will. Um it was almost like a two-year-old little near-death experience or whatever. It's just, you don't forget that, you know? Like yeah, it's, yeah. It really is burned in your cell. You have like a brain chemical memory now. Um, yeah. And fortunately, it was just such a loving, positive one that, yeah, it set a high standard for what I was looking for spiritually throughout my life. And and then when did the next near – like so you just mentioned near-death experience. So when did your actual near-death experience happen? That happened last year actually during covid um, so I can tell you what started with that. So that near death experience happened as an accidental overdose. And that happened because for a while there, I got really into developing psychic abilities through different substances and really, I wanted to map out the energy world and I wanted to understand which ones helped boosted my mediumship skills, which ones helped boosted my connecting with my spirit guide skills, which one helped boosted if I was going to do Reiki on someone. And so I was just trying a whole bunch of different substances and really just kind of like research um, to sort of see which ones bumped it up, which ones amplified it, which, which ones were better for different circumstances. And then I just went a little too far one day. Um, and I had, I had been doing this for years at this point and my brain was just sort of like, we can't handle anymore. Um, so that kind of like, I don't want to say gruesome or gory details, but basically the scientific details of what happened was I had taken too much. And when you take too much and you have a history of that kind of use, your body can go into seizures. Um, it used to be called grand mal seizures. Now they're called tonic clonic seizures. And if they get too intense, you stop breathing. Basically you get apnea and the apnea comes in waves. And if those waves get too long, you go out for a little yeah. bit. Um, so that's basically what happened. And then the EMTs came and took care of me. So I went out for a little bit and then came back. Um, so it's, it was, I was both on substances and then, and I had experienced ego death. I knew what all that stuff felt like from different rituals and ceremonies. And, but I knew instantly, as soon as I started taking this stuff, I was like, something's wrong with them. Like the first five minutes, I was like, my body, this isn't how it's supposed to feel. But I also was just sort of like, well, we're in it now. We're in for this ride. I got to ride it. And then I was able to reach that point where I was like, oh, this is further than ego death. This is, I'm, I'm somewhere I've never been before what's happening. Um, yeah. And then I came back. Were you with someone that they called the ambulance or? Yes. Well, that's um, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't alone. Um, I was with someone and then 
uh, at the time, another one, they had called for help from a friend. And then when it reached the point where it was like, oh, like, shoot, this is this is happening on a dangerous physical level. Then they called yeah. the police and the EMT and they took me to the hospital. That's good. Yeah. And, and what happened when you were, quote, on the other side? Like, it's so interesting to me, too, just side note, that, like, there's a lot of people who have NDEs who I hear, like, they have very vivid experiences. And then there's a lot of people who have NDEs who don't have any experience at all, like nothing to recall. So I'm just curious, like, for you, what was that experience like? Totally. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so long. I'm really lucky because I, I – and I wonder if some of those people you're mentioning, if maybe they don't remember it yet. I had like kind of um, very spotty memory of it for a few months. And then all of a sudden, one night, it just, every detail came back to me out of nowhere, just full force. And I was just like, whoa, what? And then I like talked to my friends who were there and I was just like, is this what happened? I'm remembering all these things. Can you help fill in the gaps? And they're just like, we just filled in all the gaps. And then I was able to do a voice recording of it. That's like three hours long. So I have that to reference if I forget anything. But um. Yeah, so for me, it was, um, I've read a lot of near-death experiences too, and it really seems like it's such a personal experience because, you know, some people are just like, oh, you know, I met my I met my grandma that passed away and she hugged me and said I was taken care of and then I came back and now I'm happy. You know, like right. that's, some people have those. I didn't have that. Um, I actually had a lot of resistance at first and it was, it was actually very scary to me at first because there was, I felt like I was getting pulled in different directions really intensely. And there were beings on the other side, though, that I did see. I didn't recognize them as people that I knew by any means. They were sort of these energetic light beings. And actually, really specifically, I'll, I'll never forget the way that they looked. Um, they had, like, human body outlines. I can't I can't make out the details of, your, of their face. So I can't, I don't want to say that they had, like, a human face. But it was like a figure, like a, you know, a silhouette of a human body. Mm-hmm. But they were, there was, like, electric energy pulsing through them and the charges looked like mandala patterns but I could understand that what it was is it was just this encapsulation of information and knowledge that just took on this form to meet me in the middle kind of thing and I and I understood that as it was happening um but if I looked into like one of the like because it was constantly moving the energy inside this form was constantly moving and if I looked into the patterns or the light a little bit, I kind of, I zoomed in and I w- would become it for a second. I would like understand everything and then I would kind of pull myself back out and look at it face on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they were with me right away. Um, pretty. Did you recognize er- them? Was it like, oh my gosh, I know you. He said he did. Yeah. Well, I, I did recognize them, but not from this life. I recognized them as right. they were beings that had I knew they had been with me throughout other lifetimes. They didn't incarnate in this life, but that they I, could, I knew because I instantly trusted them right away. And I knew that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just very instantly. Oh, I but they didn't have a human face or anything. All I saw was kind of an outline. Like I knew that that was the figure of it. But. Did you see that movie Soul? Yes, yeah, that Pixar one. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of those people. I mean, they were more like two-dimensional people. You know, in the afterlife, there's like two-dimensional figures. You're talking about more like they looked like human shapes with like stuff like swirling inside of them. Yeah, I wish I was a really talented like illustrator. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, these were kind of like, um, they were. They definitely had like two arms and like two legs. 
But imagine if they were sort of in this like clear fluid glass casing and inside of them was all of these multicolored electrical charges that were sort of like firing and stuff. Yeah. Only it was malleable and I can almost like dive into it and stuff. Um, really hard to explain, but yeah. <laughs> explain it well. It's, it's so cool. interesting what you're saying because I had a past life regression and she took me like through the death process and what was on the other side is what I saw is what you're describing. Yeah, that's one thing I would make, I, I would like to make very clear you to have a near-death experience to experience all this. I think a past life regression, really intense, like psychedelic, anything like that. I don't think, I think near-death experiences, if you need one, then great. But um, people get these things intuitively. You know, people are seeing them, whatever. You don't need such an extreme um, human story detail for it to be valid, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy because right after you said that, Ambie Shira on Facebook said, he is so validating my past life regression experience. <laughs> so, yeah. Just like you yeah. said. Yeah. It, it's all the same, honestly, in my opinion. I think, I think it's, if you're, if you've experienced that, trust it. You don't have to like have a near death experience for it to be legit. Like, yeah, it, it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Um, yeah. Okay. So you see these beings and you like, see inside of them and and all of that and and then what happens so i started so they they started showing up right around when i got scared because i could see what was happening is i was getting almost like um like blooped i don't know i know that's not a word like like pulled like sucked upward um out of my body and i didn't want to get pulled out of my body but it's what was happening and i kind of resisted that and i kept trying to go back in and it just i couldn't fight it and I could, further I was going, everything was fading away from me. Everything as far as time and space and humanity and the earth, every detail that exists was just slowly, I was, I was getting pulled from it. It was just kind of getting dropped down and I was just like, I was losing all of it. And it wasn't, it, I was scared at first and then these beings kind of showed up. And they just kept saying, let it happen. It's okay, let it happen, let it happen. And I kept trying to relax. And I was like, okay, okay, but, but. And they were just like, it's okay, just let it happen. Just let it happen. And they just kept pulling me further and further. And I would have moments where I would kind of get, come back down a little closer to my body. And I would realize like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like, I think I'm in a body. I think I need to breathe or something like that. And then they would just be like, nope. And then they would just pull me higher. Wow. So it was, for a little while, it was kind of this, this, um, push and pull thing and then I reached a place where there was just no more grounding at all and and it was just they just said relax relax and that was when I reached the place that I had never ever experienced before and that was the that was more of what you hear when people describe like oh it's just this like pure loving light I was just in this pool of it was just it was energetic multicolored I know a lot of people say like white light this was very multicolored um just light energy and it was very um I was just swimming in it it was it was like swimming in a pool of it it was very malleable it was very it was and it wasn't malleable like clay it was like water it was just so free-flowing and I was just swimming in it and that's when I kind of reached the that point of, of bliss that people describe where you're just like oh okay here I am now <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. wow cool. and were you alone at that point like when you're swimming in this pool of epicness or amazingness bliss were you alone alone as, as far as were the beings still with me yeah 
we so the like glass protective shell that I was describing that was kind of encapsulating their energy had also dissipated into it. So I knew that they were there, but we we weren't in the shells anymore. We were now this free flowing. Mm, you were so, like in, in like a pool. Yeah, just think like a like a galaxy pool though, like as big as you can imagine, <laughs> and you're just in it, and yeah. it's just um and everyone was in it. We were all connected to it, but it was just everything had been shed, and we were just floating in it. By the way, sorry, there's a truck backing up, so there's that's <laughs> okay. Beeping. That's okay. But yeah, it was. So they were there, but um, they were so much bigger than they were originally. Like when they put themselves in the, in the shells for me. Yeah. Um, now it was just more. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was all free, free flowing pool of multicolored energy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to review your life, or were you were you talking about like where's my body? Did I die? Like what was going on with that? Yeah. So actually. Um, on, when that was happening, before reaching the place of really crossing into that, mm-hmm. it felt like there were moments when the beings were around me, and it felt like I was a memory card, is the best way I know how to describe it. Like, I had been collecting all of this information and data my entire life that we call experience, but I was collecting it for something. Like, there was, some, there was a bigger purpose to it. And... I could almost feel my body charging to a level of full capacity. And it was like a, a loading bar that was at like 97%, 98%. And that's when I was starting to like freak out a little bit. Cause I was like, what's going to happen if I hit a hundred? <laughs> and that's when they were just like, no, relax, let it happen, let it happen. And um, I did. And once I hit that 100 mark, that's when I think I crossed over. That's, that's when I moved into that space of, the pool of loving light and I was no longer I, I was gone um and it felt like when I did that I had completed something it really felt the sense of completion like I had finished something um like I had totally just I don't know how else to describe it I completed something and then I felt like I did have a choice that I could either go back or and it was just an intuitive something was giving me this information intuitively that I could go back or I could stay and keep going and I didn't feel judged by any means whatsoever but it was for me at least it was kind of um it was it was the sense that going back I would have a new memory card the this feeling that like that old memory card you completed they were really proud of me for completing whatever that was and if I went back this time I would be given a fresh memory card <laughs> like a clean whatever to start fresh and that was the appeal to me. So I, and as soon as I, it was almost instantaneous. As soon as I understood that, a part of me was just like, that sounds exciting. And as soon as I had kind of that feeling of that sounds exciting, that was when I started getting pulled back in. And it wasn't like instantly pulled mm-hmm. back in either. It was, it was kind of going back through the like dropping back into this space where all these things like time was kind of coming back and like mm-hmm. a body was kind of coming back. I was, I was slowly getting like, all these details started kind of forming back around me. But um, yeah, that makes sense. The memory card thing was really vivid for me. It was bizarre. Um, but yeah. I I love that. Like what you're saying about like the, it's like one is completed and you're going to get like a fresh one. It's like, I feel like it gives you such, I don't know. It really, we make all these comparisons to our life about like, you know, 
it's like a program, it's a game, it's a this, right? It's it's like a you set your trajectory for your lifetime, right? And I feel like that really illustrates more of that of how it's like you you really ha- were kind of the creator of of what you set out to do or you really did have this trajectory path when you came here. Do you do you feel like that that memory card thing validates that or what's your perspective on that? The takeaways that I got from that was it felt like we are so consumed with the idea of what we came here to do that this was very clear that there was a bigger picture to us being here connected to other worlds and other dimensions that we can't even fathom right now. Mm -hmm. Like our lives here are so much more significant than just this reality that and and that our experience here doesn't die with us here. It, It goes somewhere else. And like it, you, it really actually applies in other worlds and other dimensions in ways that we can't even fathom because they were taking, they were doing something with that data is what it felt like. And they were proud of me for collecting it. And it was a sense of just like, yay, thank you so much. (laughs) And I was bringing some, like I was all, it felt like all of our lives was a gift to them. Like we were here doing that to share this, but we're so focused on what our life means in this reality and how it applies that this was just like, I had never considered the idea that it's got such a bigger purpose in other worlds and other dimensions, just people being here, just you being here, just experiencing, because they're doing something with it. They're taking it and doing like, I don't know, it was so exciting because I was just like, God, it got out of my own head, you know? Hmm, That is a yeah, that is a huge nugget. Like everybody on Facebook is loving that too. Everyone's so beautiful. This wow, um, but that is because I think all of us. One of the biggest things we all struggle with right now. I know Ambie and I talk about it every day with each other. Is this feeling of not doing enough, or the even though we're doing so much. I mean, Ambie and I are doing so. People are constantly reflecting back to us. They're like, I don't know how you guys are doing all that. You're, you just seem like you're doing so many things, but. I know for me, sometimes I feel like I'm not, I'm still not doing enough. And so that for me just gave me that nugget of like, like you said, just you being here is doing so much. So thank you. Yeah. I genuinely think, and this was, this was the takeaway that felt true to me was that we're, we're so focused on building like a better world here and a new earth and what we want it to. But in the process of us doing that, our souls are actually building other worlds and realms and earth and other places. And we're not even fully aware of it consciously here. So mm-hmm. if you think you're not doing enough here, you're doing, you're doing stuff cosmically in other ways you can't even understand. And you're not meant to understand because you, you don't have to hold all that inside you at the same time, but just know that it's happening. Like you're, you're collecting things and your, your creativity and your experience is all meaning something beyond your own life and a human body. And it's going somewhere productive and building. So you're you're doing something in the energetic soul sense, even if you think you're not doing anything in the physical sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. I get so um, I'm a psychic medium also, and I get asked a lot when I do readings, what's my purpose? And sometimes I do feel for people, your purpose is to experience life. Your purpose is to experience this reality. And I find they get really disappointed. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what job am I supposed to have? And I'm like, well, that's not really tied into like your purpose right now. And so I love the way you explained that. Um, So I'm going to explain it that way too. Thank you for that. (laughs) 
Yeah, as far as purpose goes, I feel like, yeah, it's almost a silly question to ask because it, you're so much bigger than that. We all are. And it's this sense that, like, inside of each one of us, like, you're not just a person or an energy being. You're actually your own reality and dimension. And inside of you, all of your experience, your memories, your dreams, your passions, your likes, your dislikes, that's the those are the details of a reality that exists and you're holding that reality together. So if you're not here and that holding it just by being not by doing anything, just by having dreams, just by having thoughts, just by being a person, um, that you're holding all of those dimensions together at once. Like you're like an actual web. Imagine you have a million different arms. You're holding all of it. You're juggling it all within you inside of you right now which is incredible, which is like mind blowing to know how much you're able to hold inside of you. And you don't have to do anything for it. You're, you're an energy being with a million, billion, trillion arms holding all of these concepts inside of itself, which is a reality. That's basically what a reality is or a dimension is. It's a combination of concepts and, and you know, all of that stuff. And you're one of them. You're, you're actually one, we all are. And we get to collectively share those with each other. And Everything that you're connected to, because we're all, it, it, we end up becoming anchor points for each other is what it felt like. So for example, no one will ever know your mother or father the way that you do. That's an intimate experience that you have. You are helping hold together their reality just by existing because your consciousness of them is helping create their reality. So just knowing someone and having an experience of someone is creation by default. And if you don't have that here, that person, your mother or father, loses that conscious observer. And that's why you go through trauma or you go through something like that. And when you lose somebody, there's that identity grief, that identity sort of like heartbreak of who am I, you know, mm -hmm. because that person no longer has that conscious observer that's helping solidify that version of them in this reality. So mm -hmm. just experiencing each other, just looking at things, just witnessing each other, just being, you're doing that for other people. You're holding the space for them to exist in that way, which is why it's such a beautiful gift to hold space for someone in the way they want to be seen, because then you're helping solidify that into reality as well. But it's all happening in such a bigger, like, grander way that we can't even, like, imagine it's so cool. And you don't have to do anything for it. You're just existing. That's all you have to do. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I can't stop like smiling. Like, <laughs> do you feel that you have this effect on people? It's, I mean, I feel like this is what you were just talking about too. It's, it's kind of like, well, it's a lot of things you were just talking about. It's like, you're your own dimension, right? You're also an anchor point for people. So when you hold that space of, when you hold yourself in a space of knowing, right? This is what we always hear. When you know, and you are around people, you uplift them, Right. Because just because you're around them, because, you know, you, you you're carrying a certain vibration and understanding and this elevates them as well in a way that they can't consciously understand. And so it's like I feel like you're such a perfect you're just demonstrating that just by you're just demonstrating that just by being and talking because I'm feeling myself just be like, wow, life is amazing, you know, and I think we just get so jaded so easily. Like I was having this vision in my mind of you know, when you were just talking about that, I was just seeing myself, I walk my, I live next to a really beautiful park and I walk my dog, you know, there three times a day. And I was just seeing myself just not even, just not being present with people and not really even looking at people and just kind of being concerned with my own stuff and, you know, how much of a gift it is to really just give someone your, 
attention. Even if you don't know them, just give them a smile, give them a look. Um, so yeah, that really inspired me. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. I have a question. So you're, you have the ability to communicate with people that have passed away. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, what is your belief that is happening there? Like, how are we able to communicate with them? One. And what is your opinion on, or your belief on where we go when we die? Is it different for everybody? Is it the same? All of that. Okay. I'll answer that one first. Cause I think it'll make better sense of the first question after. Okay. Um, I do think that that's a specific answer. And I do think that everyone goes to different places when they die. Okay. I, I think because we are given options of these places that we want to go and there's no judgment towards it. And I think that's part of the fulfillment on the other side is we're all getting what we want. Um, so if you have loved ones, you're just like, no, they're still going. I want to go back. I want to come back as their kid or I want to come back as their dog because they spoil the hell out of their dogs, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I want to be a part of their life. Um, that's an option. Like, otherwise you would just be twiddling your thumbs on in this energetic world waiting for them to show up, you know? So I think it's an option for us. Um, cause I think we really are capable of moving about cosmically interdimensionally in ways that we um, don't even understand. And so I do think that that's an option. And I think everyone gets that option to go where they want to go if they want to jump into a new world or a new reality, because I think all of us have these intergalactic cosmic friends that maybe didn't incarnate in this lifetime. So maybe after this, when you're like, I want to go hang out with my old friends in a different world, different reality, um, I'm going to make that jump. So I think it really depends on the person and where your heart is, because it sounds so cliche. I know the word love has been overused so much, but love really is part of the webbing that keeps you attached to certain realities. So if you have a ton of love here, you're going to want to do it again. Like you've got a lot of webs that are connecting Mm. to that. If you aren't really experiencing that here and that's, that's where, um, and I don't want to skip light topics like suicide and stuff, but those people don't have the love connections here even. And that's why self-love is the most important thing because that's your biggest anchor and grounding here. But if you don't, have those different connections, they're going to want to go somewhere else with connections elsewhere. And I think a part of people's soul knows that they're getting pulled in those other places. They're just like, I don't have any of the webbing here to keep me here. Um, whether that's true or not, doesn't matter if that's what they feel. So I think that that option is true for everyone. It's whatever is, is pulling you in that way. It really, it almost looks like a webbing to me. And those hands that I was seeing was holding all those dimensions. That connection is love. The webbing itself is love that's holding it together. So if you have a lot of those love connections in this reality, you're probably going to want to reincarnate again. Or if you've got other souls, and to me, that's what the term soul contract is. It's just, you've got other beings that are just like, hey, I love you. Let's do this again this way. You know, let's walk roles. Let's do this. I don't think there's any big criteria of like lessons to learn. I don't think we're in some cosmic PhD program. I think we're just friends riding roller coasters at a theme park. And we're just like, you want to ride together on this ride? Cool. You want to ride together on that one? ride? Great. You know, like, let's just scream our heads off and not take it too seriously. So um, <laughs> I, I hope that answers that, that question. Um, and how we communicate, it's so, um, I, I, don't, I don't even want to just say, I, I prefer not using terms like medium and stuff because all of us are doing this all the time. Mediums are just aware of it. They've just mm-hmm. learned how to slow, in my opinion, I, I've just learn how to slow down the process enough to have the awareness of what's going on and being able to communicate that awareness. But what's happening, it's happening all the time with everyone. I think we're always channeling our loved ones. I think we're always channeling other beings, higher dimensional beings. It's happening all the time. That's, 
that is part of why we wanted to come here. That's knowing we're supported. And it shows up in different ways. So me being able to identify, because actually if I'm doing a mediumship reading with someone, it slows me down if, if someone wants all of these, like if you want me to tap into all of these memories of when you were a kid, just to prove that I'm communicating with your father, I can do that. But it's going to slow down the process. It's a lot easier if we can just like get to the nitty gritty and just be like, hey, you know that this is happening all the time with you too, but maybe you're a little cluttered or biased because you've got emotions tied there. So let me just help you make that connection easier. But it, it's happening all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, imagine like I couldn't see, right? And I'm walking in a room and I don't know that there's a bed there or a couch there, but like it's there. And all of us at one point had that sight to see it. And some of us closed our eyes for a little bit. And some of us open our eyes a little bit and know, hey, there's a couch there, there's a bed there, whatever. Um, but it's all there. It's, it's just, and this whole like, I don't, I don't even really like the term like uh, waking up or ascension sometimes because it's so natural. It's, it's just, it's always been there. Um, but yeah, so I just feel like does that make sense? Am I answering the question? I can do follow-up questions if you want to. But no, I, I mean, that answers sense. that answers the question. And I agree with you in a lot of that. Have you ever done um, virtual reality, like the headsets and all that? Yes, that's a better metaphor. Yes. So Yeah, where you like step outside of like the safe zone and it's all like pixelated and gray, but you can still see everything in this reality. But then if you move, shift a little bit, you can see the virtual reality. Like... It's, I don't know. I thought that was wild. Anyway, not the point. No, that's a good metaphor. No, I like that metaphor better. Yeah, it's basically, and I actually think what happens in that sense is like, imagine you're in a living room, there's a TV in front of you, there's a chair in the middle of the room, and there is that VR headset that you're talking about. And there's people on the other side, we'll call them like our spirit guides or whatever, who are on the couch watching us play the game. And at one point, you were one of those people on the couch and you were like, I want to go next, I want to go next. And we put these headsets on so we could play the game and fully immerse ourselves because we were we already set the intention of when I play, I'm going to do this level, I'm going to do this thing. Right. And those voices on the couch are always like telling us, hey, you're still playing a game or like, hey, remember you wanted to do this all the time. But sometimes we're so in the VR headset that we just forget that we're playing. Yeah. Know? But but we're still in the room, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> with the headset on. Yeah. And we were once on the couch and we'll take turns. <laughs> I love that. So immersed in the game, we forget we're playing it. Totally. Um, wow. So great. By the way, everybody on Facebook is just like, Ricardo said, the amount of gems Michael keeps on sharing are so relevant, fun, at the same time invalidating. Thank you for inviting him on. Um, cool. Yeah, thank you. This is, it's, you have a very refreshing perspective and I think just a lot of insights that are really interesting to think about and feel very good. And I think one of them that, you know, like I said, I found you on TikTok and I was just like obsessed with your content and just how you were sharing it. And one of the things that I mentioned to you right before we started recording was the something that you shared about, I think it was when you were kind of reintegrating back after NDE, I believe, and you were kind of starting to look back at the reality that you were in coming back into and being like, what's going on here? Um, especially the part about like agreeing to things and such. Would you be open to sharing a little bit about that? Oh my God. Yeah. I think that's actually a really funny aspect of the experience because <laughs> I don't know if you saw the TikTok, the first thing that happened because this was during COVID. So 
I'm in the room. There's about eight police officers there. There's probably four or five EMTs and I've got patches all over my chest. You know, they're like monitoring my heart and I have like everything ready if I, if I need a defibrillator and stuff. So <clears throat> I'm sitting there and I've still got one foot in like each door and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth. It wasn't like an instant back of my body. And actually right before jumping into my body, I saw I had like asked and saw the EMTs coming. And when I realized they were on their way, that was when I kind of fell back into my body. And so when they got there, I was kind of, they were over me. The first thing I remember is they're over me. And, um, but I'm seeing everything I I'm seeing into everyone's eyes and I'm just seeing their entire existence. I'm seeing their passions, their likes, their traumas, their everything. I just see everything about these people. And I always kind of had that ability before, but it was just turned up like a thousandfold before. And so I'm just seeing everything and I'm just feeling nothing but love for these people and empathy. Cause you can see their whole story and when you can see the whole story. All you can experience is love. So I'm looking at this one EMT woman and she was kind of the primary person taking care of me. So she starts asking me questions. She's looking me in the eyes. She's got all the patches on my chest. Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, like looking around, like I, I had realized the thing that I had forgotten to do was breathe for some reason on the other side, coming back. The first thing I remembered was like, Oh, right. I'm in a human body, which felt like an antique. It felt so old. And and that was the first thing I said out loud was I was just like, Oh, right. We have to breathe in these things. I just need to breathe. We all just need to breathe. And I said that out loud to the room and one of the police officers just goes, Oh yeah. Uh, I think if we all weren't breathing, we'd have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, right. And then I look directly into the EMT's woman's eyes and I just get consumed with love for her. So the first thing I do is I lean forward to hug her. And I don't know her, <laughs> but I just lean forward to hug her. And everyone like freaks out for a second. They're like, no, no, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm just like, I love her. <laughs> I just want to hug her. And they're just like, you can't hug her. You don't have a mask on. So I, <laughs> and I, I was like, what is that? What is all this? And so I ended up having to put a mask on to hug her. But it was funny. It was, you know, it was oh, that's yeah. really funny. Well, and you... I want to go back to like what you said about like our bodies being antiques because I think that goes into the part about like the uh, us all agreeing to to everything here, right? I, I, well, the part I, I saw your TikTok about the bodies too. I think so. Like, well, anyway, do you want to explain about that? Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell your story. <laughs> totally, yeah, and that concept for sure that that everything exists because we agree upon. I want to make it clear. I don't think that that's true. Just in a 3d or, or just in like a, a morality or i mean on a very physical level it exists because we agree upon it and i mean that because the energy was so tangible and malleable that it really was that simple it was just a collective agreement and i mean your most far out wildest dreams if you want to believe that people can fly one day if enough of us agree on it we'll evolve there that's what it felt like so I mean this in a very big cosmic sense, not just on like, yeah, we can agree to go get the same food together. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean, in a very tangible sense, that's what, that's what I think. And I think that's part of our awakening ascension. More and more of us are just hitting a critical mass point where we're agreeing. We should be having these psychic abilities. We should be communicating with aliens. We should be having all these things. And enough of when we reach that hundredth monkey or critical mass number, that will be our new reality because enough of us had agreed on it. And hopefully we realize, oh shit, this works. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's great. we curse all the time. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh shit, this works. Why don't we agree to big 
things. Like, let's just go all out, you know? Like, let's just, yeah. who wants to fly? Who wants to, go, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, let's just get there. And all that exists already. So all it is, is as we agree on it, it's just pulling us closer into that reality, the way the webbing is, because the okay. I, I, it's kind of pulling us into that realm. And that's the bridging. And I think that's what's happening with, like, the aliens being more known. And, like, they've always been there. Yeah. We're yeah. just now agreeing that, like, we, we're ready to accept this into our reality. Cool. So that's going to open up. Um, but yeah, so the bodies, it felt like I had been like fast forwarded probably, um, God, I don't even know, just like millennia into the future. And so when I came back, I had to relearn everything about what it takes to take care of a body. And even in the ambulance on, on the ride to the hospital, they're, you know, they're asking questions about vitals. Do you have to go to the bathroom? Do you have to do all this? And all of that felt like a total foreign concept to me. Like they might as well have been speaking a different language. So I'm just sitting there like, bathroom right oh wait i got it i think i eat right that's the whole thing i have to eat in this like the whole thing is just and i'm saying it out loud to the emt lady and yeah. thank god for her she's just going along with it like mm-hmm. yep yes you do you <laughs> i'm do. sure they hear the craziest stuff so they're just like <laughs> no. yes sweetie mm-hmm. i know she did such a good job but um of like keeping me like whatever but yeah so it was all of it it was relearning everything and it was just sort of this feeling of just like oh it's just like this because we agreed on it and it was very clear that at one point we wanted to I think we felt this desire and love for something so intensely that we wanted to experience through eating what it felt like to become and ingest and all that kind of stuff and really feel like it becomes a part of ourselves. I think it came from a pure loving place like that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we we had that desire so we developed bodies that needed to eat because we wanted to know what that kind of infusion of love felt like the problem is a lot of people have started infusing without the love aspect of it without understanding that you're becoming you know all that stuff um so if we reach a point where we decide i don't get any more joy out of this i don't want this to be an issue and you know i think we would reach the point where we wouldn't need it anymore and i know that's like anti-science for a lot of people and stuff but really i think that that's genuinely what would happen if we agree all if we agree on it all collectively and really on a deep soul level, I think that will be the new reality that gets birth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing, like that whole concept just really felt so true to me and blew my mind. The whole thing about like our, our collective agreements, the hundredth monkey, whatever you want to call it. But I think what you were also talking about, like us living in like apartments and it's like once the hell is going on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was the first thing because they were like, they pull, they're pulling me out, you know, like on the stretcher thing. And like, I'm just kind of like in and out of this space and I'm looking around at the apartments and I'm just like, oh, why did we agree to live in apartments? We should be living in nature and fused with it, become, you know, like one with it and stuff. Like, why are we settling? It just felt like a big settle. A big mm. settle. Mm. Totally. Like there's such beauty out there and we live in these like very like, you know, these things that shelter us, but they're very like they so disconnect, so disconnected from each other and from you know our earth. Um, so it just it just felt really encouraging to me to hear that, and also very empowering to understand that about our collective belief. And I honestly feel like TikTok. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like TikTok is like showing us a bit of that power because it it's like um you do you guys see the whole thing about like Adrian's kickback last weekend? Did you see that whole thing that happened on TikTok? 
there was this all of a sudden out of nowhere there was this hashtag going around called Adrian's kickback and every single person out of nowhere overnight started talking about are you going to Adrian's kickback I thought it was a joke I was like oh yeah Adrian's kickback you know, we're all going like it's a TikTok joke but it was like people were like seriously like do you need a ride to Adrian's kickback we flew 12 hours to get to Adrian's kickback I just drove across the country to get to Adrian's kickback Turned out this kid named Adrian like was literally having a kickback and said it's going to be in Huntington Beach on like chair 13 on the beach. Uh, that's where we're meeting up. And it got so viral that literally everyone, everyone went and it turned into like a, I don't know if you ever saw that movie Project X, but like it just turned into the most insane party in the entire world overnight. And the kid Adrian like couldn't even go because his parents like grounded him. And it was, I mean, so many police were there, but <laughs> It just showed, I could feel the power. I was like, dude, like anything can happen instantaneously. Like with this app shows us that. I think it's it's just reflecting back our own power. It isn't the power. It's our power that flows through it, that it's showing us that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. A thousand percent. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think a big thing that's happening like the last year with all the like, ice, you know, isolation and um, quarantining and stuff with people that's been really nice is so many people have gotten a chance to sort of like go within and see, okay, well, what do I want to create? Cause we're all kind of secondhand picking up on each other's energy all the time. And you don't really know that until you isolate or you leave the collective a little bit and you just let all of that fall off. And you're just like, Oh, I'm back in my own energy pool now. So now let me clean it out and decide what do I want to create from this space. And as we reintegrate and open things up more with these big groups and stuff, we're going to naturally just sort of be contagious with each other's energy with that kind of group thing stuff. So I think it's going to be really important for all of us, because it does feel like we're all casting a vote by what we what we focus on and what we allow our consciousness to manifest. That's you casting a vote of what reality you want to form. Mm-hmm. And if it's really easy to just jump on the bandwagon and do like a group vote sometimes, but okay. I know I think it's really important to give yourself a lot of alone time too, as things start to reopen and more and more people start coming back together, or just making sure that you're hanging out with people that are creating the same reality you want to, you know. Hmm. I think that's really important. That's really true. And I feel like a lot of the times we just live on default and just keep going and going and going. Um, so I, I love that reflection. Yeah. One of the things that I definitely do a lot more now is for everything. I just, let me check in with myself. Let me check in with myself. And one takeaway from it actually, um, sorry, this is going back to like the near death experience story. Um, afterwards, when I was in the hospital laying in the bed and I was sort of, coming fully back into my body but there are still these beings with me and um I had before that experience I had been someone who like gave a lot and never really took care of myself and after that experience I I felt like these beings were like here this is for you and they showed me like my left hand and it was this thing where I just couldn't stop staring at it and it was almost like every time I was looking into my left hand it was like this mirror of everything that they had taught me, almost like they had put it in a little gift package and put it here and like embedded it in my left hand. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, wow, wow. And they just flat out told me, they were like, this is for you. The right one's for giving, the left one's for you. And now every time I need to like check in with myself, I always put like my left hand right on my heart. And it's almost like this pulsive energy, like from them through my hand comes like pulsing. I don't know if that's true for everyone, but for me, it's been like a big takeaway of like the left hand is for me, like that. this one's for like giving to me. And then the right ones for everyone else. So it would be a fun exercise to your viewers. You should sit there in like a meditation and just look into your left hand and see what's for you. <laughs> you know, like you know what's interesting. The reason I made that face is because we were just talking to somebody, and it's it's related. Anyway, we were talking to somebody about when you go out in public during COVID, 
You have like your world hand where you touch everything, right? And then you have your me hand where you touch whatever is on you. And so it's interesting that you're saying like the me hand again. I feel like it's it's definitely a message for me. So thank you for. I think that's a, that. yeah. I like the way that is too because I don't think it's necessarily the left for everyone. For me, it was the left. But there's definitely mm-hmm. a me hand that I felt important. At least a takeaway for me was do not give that me hand to someone else. Right. You. And it's supposed to be, it's not meant to be given to anyone else. So like, you know, that was, that was important to give yourself that permission mm-hmm. to claim that, you know. And to have that equal balance of like that giving and receiving, I think mm-hmm. is, wow. Um, yeah, I, I love all of this. This is just a really like, it's just, it, it, you know, when something just feels true and it just kind of like really lights you up and inspires you, I think, you know, your story is, is that and thank you so much for sharing it i i'm curious before we start to wrap up here if there's one thing that you think you know you want people to know uh based on your near-death experience or just your life experience what what do you think that is i have a couple answers to this so (laughs) i'll offer a couple points one of them and again this is why i think every near-death experience is going to be personal to the person because a lot of these are just the lessons that i needed to learn more the most important thing in everyone's world and everyone's existence is your relationship with yourself, period. Because that leaks onto every filter you have on the world and every relationship you have. You know, a lot of people know like the Hapona Ono, like ritual um, Mm -hmm. and healing. And that comes from this like foundation of when we heal ourselves, it becomes secondhand. It leaks out to other people, you know, even if we don't communicate with them. That felt a hundred percent true that the most important relationship with anything, anyone is with myself. That, that's the most important because if that's right, everything else is right. So that was a big takeaway for me. And that's something that I never considered because I grew up in kind of a Christian community that was all about like others, others, you're last, you know, kind of thing. And this was a total flip flop. So that was a big takeaway. Also because you are your grounding in this reality. Like literally you're your anchor here. So if you lose that, you lose your anchor in this reality. And like on a very energetic level, like that is what's keeping you here. I think it works kind of like if you've ever seen a wave frequency mm-hmm. and there's like, you know, the trough and then the, the peak, yeah. I, it feels like that's sort of what we are, these kind of wave frequencies. And we live within that amplitude, go as high as, we, as that allows or as low as that allows. And we are responsible for our own like wave frequency. And if we start jumping on other wave frequencies we'll lose ours and meld into somebody else's but us holding our grounding and really holding our anchor in this world is what's going to keep us here that's that biggest like the love the hands that are reaching out like holding everything because it feels like you need two anchor points that's why you have like a spirit and an ego you know like a human body and then like a heavenly body and you exist within that amplitude realm like the wave frequency that both of those anchors can be you so if, if you ha- are able to ha- find that balance and have yourself as both of those anchors, that allows you to go back and forth between those realms, the human realm, the spirit realm, all of that. But you can't have it outside of you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's not going to last. Sustainability, you have to have that in yourself. I mean, it just gave me a whole, I'm one of those people who I definitely do ground, but I'm also one of those people who I'm like, everyone's like ground and I'm like, 
like, I don't know. I, it's like one of those self-care practices that I like will definitely forego sometimes. <laughs> and you just gave me a whole like visual understanding of truly the importance of, of grounding. I really, really like that. So um, thank you. Because it's like what you're saying is like you lose yourself. Like you start to like float away from yourself. It's like a balloon that like starts to float away, basically. Yeah, you're just sort of pulling all the energy back in, you know, Mm -hmm. you just you just let it go out a little bit and you just Mm -hmm. pull it back in. I also want to say that um, because, you know, uh, there's a lot of spiritual TikToks out there. There's a lot of spiritual things out there. And I'm going to kind of borrow a quote from Anita Marjani, who had a near-death experience. You already are a spiritual being. The most spiritual thing you can do is be yourself. That's it. So I think a lot of people think if I meditate every day, it makes me more spiritual. If I buy a bunch of crystals, it'll make me more spiritual. No, that's just the genre that we're using to describe these things. The fact is, whatever lights you up is what makes you spiritual. It's more about what that activity does for you. Because if you came here and the thing that lights you up is studying cancer research, or the thing that lights you up is being a foster mom, or just a parent, or whatever, it would be a disservice to that purpose of why you came here you to waste your time trying to meditate in a closet when what you really want to be doing is spending time with your kid so don't equate spirituality with the genre that we're talking with crystals and meditation all that kind of stuff let spirituality be whatever uplifts you and lights you up and if that means you want to be a cancer researcher if you want to be a parent means you want to play tennis all day or just go for walks whatever that's your that's your spiritual practice then you know like but we need people to do those things to light them up. And it really is a disservice when people try to be more spiritual when their heart is somewhere else, because we need the thing that their heart is trying to bring, you know? So whatever that is, if it's just being a better parent, or if you just love cooking in the kitchen and it lights you up, then guess what? Don't waste your time meditating or buying crystals. (laughs) Go to the grocery store and buy some food and cook up (laughs) some stuff in the kitchen, you know, like that's what we need. So follow that. Let let your heart be the GPS and then decide what spirituality is for you. You know, don't let someone else pick. Hmm. Props. That's very well said. Preach. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Michael, how can people um, get in touch with you? How can they work with you? Tell everyone. Yeah, I'm on all the interwebs. Um, You can follow me on Instagram or you can follow me on TikTok. I have two TikToks. My personal one is just at Michael Drummonds. Um, My Instagram is also at Michael Drummonds. If you want a bunch more, like just full on spiritual far out stuff, you can also follow on TikTok at far out official. Um, I do reading sometimes for people, but usually how that works, I don't do them as much as like a full time thing because I have too much other stuff. But if people send me DMs in my Instagram and there's just something that's like, you know, if something's coming through, I won't ignore it. So if something (laughs) is coming through and usually I'll spend a lot of time like responding to those DMs or if if it needs, if I think it needs to be like a full like hour session or something, that's fine. Um, So people can always ask me on there if anything, I try to get to it. I'm a little slow with it, but I try to, but they can find me online like that. Thank you so much. We'll definitely put Michael's uh, information in our show notes on the audio version of this podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching on Facebook. Dara just said this was so light and beautiful. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here and thank you for sharing. Ambie, anything you want to share? Oh, thank you so much for your information and for the wisdom that you shared. Like, um, Also, I want to say 
I know that this might be off topic and weird, but your <laughs> eyes are like almost hypnotic. I it's like, they're so thing. beautiful. Oh, thank you. They're I appreciate so that. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, Michael. You'll have to come back sometime. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Until next time, keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 